This is the Misdirected Mark Podcast, a podcast about gaming, game mastering, and entertaining you, our listeners. We are explicit, you have been warned, and I'd like to thank Mike Willard for letting us use his music on our show. Now let's pick up those mics and get on with this thing. <clears throat> okay, so with the El, ne- El Nebuloso pirate campaign filing over, are we going to jump back into the Stellar Heist game? I mean, that's my that's what I was planning, if you guys are up for it. I mean, I got big plans for Parson and, and Machus. Um, I, I just, like, need to get you to, like, back into the storyline. Like, if that's, um, if that's what we're going to do. Yeah, yeah. But, um, I mean, if we're going to start a new campaign arc, what do you guys think about adding a third player? Hmm. I, I hadn't thought about it. Um, so that's a definite maybe. Um, you two have a good dynamic and... Uh, like I have a really good feeling of like what to write for you guys, um, like you know in terms of adventures. Well, uh, I mean, Schmidty's been looking for a good game, and now that my game is on indefinite hiatus, this is the sort of thing uh, they might thrive at. Oh, Schmidty, that would be awesome. Oh, I mean, if we're talking about Schmidty, like definitely, right? Like, hmm, I got some ideas on what we can do to bring him in. We could do like uh, like a mini story arc to kind of like you know see if they like the game. Um, see how well you guys all mesh together before we like dive in and commit to like a full campaign. All right. Uh, I can't wait. I'll let them know. Um, I'm sure somebody already has a few character ideas in mind. I love a good guest star. Anyway, with that, welcome to the 444th episode of the Mr. Mark podcast. Tonight, we look at guest stars and RPGs, both as one-time players, as well as adding a new player to an existing campaign. Along the way, we'll take your comments, suggestions, examples live via the chat room for life on Twitch before settling into the after show. But first, my name is Jerry. My name is Phil. And I am Old Man Logan. All right, welcome to the show. Let's run through our temperature check here, see how everybody's feeling. Phil, how are you feeling? Um, well, I have to work in an office, um, so I feel okay-ish about that. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I've made my peace. I, I, I didn't make my peace. I've resigned <laughs> myself that I'm back to the office. <laughs> Um, no peace. There is no peace. Uh, there is just a, a res- like I've I've resigned myself. It has it like there's nothing I can do about it right now, and I'm okay if the world doesn't like if our county doesn't spike with with Delta. So uh, our numbers are good enough that I have to wear a mask when I'm like trucking around the office. But the few people that I'm in the office with, we've just been like, let's close the door and we can take our masks off while we're sitting here, um, which I'm okay with. Otherwise, I mean, it has none of the things I like. Um, the chairs lousy, whatever. Anyway, um, it's wearing on me a little bit mentally, far less than it did last week. Um, it's only made me somewhat sore. I kind of figured out where the lumbar support was in the chair. So I'm feeling a little better about sitting in that chair because my gaming chair which i'm sitting in now is like so much nicer um so i'm just gruntled i guess not fully disgruntled i'm just gruntled at this point i'm healthy and outside of work uh everything is great so that's me uh how about you bob yeah so i um physically i'm a little bit sore a little bit tired just from all the clean pack purge Um, yes i remember that feeling pretty good though um so you know um, uh, you know, nothing, nothing really, uh, nothing really to say there. I'm, I'm feeling all right. So Jerry. I'm feeling, uh, today I'm feeling a little out of it just because with the weather, we got hot, 
hot, cold, hot, cold, and then damp and dry. So I've been sniffling, sneezing. So if I suddenly mute myself to blow my nose tonight, you guys know what's going on. I'm just, my allergies are up. But that's just a one-day thing. I took lots of allergy medicines, and I'm still awake, which is a, which is a, a task. Um, but aside from that, I'm actually feeling pretty good. It's been a good weekend. Um, had some fun. And uh, things that, at my job are, are rolling along pretty well. We're getting a lot of new stuff done. So it's been a good day and a good week. And we're off. So that's us. Cool. All, right. All right. Then let's roll on into the one thing. We got a packed show tonight, so uh, we're gonna we're gonna not try not to dwell too much on uh, on some of the little stuff at the beginning here. Um, my one thing, uh, everything with the with the house condo sell by move thing is moving along at pace. Uh, we just closed yesterday, and I got paid. Yay! Um, I haven't had this money in my bank account uh, uh, <laughs> in a long time. A huge chunk of it is going to go bye-bye next week with the closing on the condo. But, hey, um, the important thing is things are moving. So chugga-chugga-chugga, the train keeps rolling. Jerry. I finally bit the bullet and jumped back into watching Star Trek Discovery. And as you guys promised, once I got to pass the first two episodes, I've been really enjoying it. I love the writing. I love the characters. I love the complicated personalities, um, all of that. So I've just been enjoying it, and it's given me something new to watch. Um, and pretty much that's it. It's just been something really fun to, to, to jump into. And I just really enjoy, enjoy the, a, a show with complicated, conflicted characters. This show is full of them. I love it. It's a lot Bill? of good stuff in there. Cap, cap, uh-huh. the, 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 the Capt Captain with the L, Captain L, whatever it is. Lord. I can't tell if he... I can't tell if he's a, a villain or a hero or what, but I love everything about him because he's a complicated character. Lorca has an interesting arc. Lorca, yes. <laughs> he has a great arc. All right, Phil? Uh, yeah, I um, I just, like, minutes before we recorded, finished um, setting up my uh, Raspberry Pi Retro Pi gaming system. So I uh, bought a Raspberry Pi kit, and um, I downloaded a... Um, I guess quasi legal when it comes to retro pie stuff. Um, I downloaded a prepackaged retro pie build. Um, you can build it yourself, but then it's like a science experiment where you have to like tweak emulator settings and um, stuff like that. So I just like, I found a really good one that's like pre built with um, load screens and um, curated content and all that. So downloaded that bad boy and got it flashed onto a. Um, onto a micro SD and uh, got it all powered up and um, it's looking pretty. I was messing around with, with it a little, I still got to figure out the controls. Um, I clearly was doing something wrong because I lost at a game of Hydro Thunder. And since that's not really possible, um, I realized I hadn't hit the accelerator because I forgot which button it was. Clearly um, there was a problem with the machine because Phil does not lose at Hydro. hydro when I say lose, I mean, I didn't even finish the race lose. So I like, yeah. I knew where the um, turbo button was, but I couldn't find the accelerator and I figured it out. It's a trigger. So um, I also played a little Daytona. Remember? Uh, oh, that <laughs> soundtrack is glorious. You do remember. Yep. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I, there's a bunch more game. There's like a, I think there's like fourteen thousand games on this build or something. Oh, um, wow. It is ridiculous. Like if up to, just before the game, up to the N sixty four, if you can think of a console, um, this thing has games for it. I mean, like Turbo Graphics sixteen. Like I know some consoles it doesn't have. 
Uh, you'd be surprised, man, what it's got on there. Does it have um, Yar's Revenge? It doesn't have the original. Oh, dude, it has two versions of Yar's Revenge. It has oh. the 2600 and a later arcade version. But yeah, oh, it's got it's got a shit ton of art. Twenty six hundred games. I was thinking of going to play Adventure later. Um, good times, good times. A, get the duck. Take All the right. stick and kill the duck. Yes, we should All probably right. do the thing with the announcements yeah. then. Yeah, rolling on. on to announcements. Um, Breakfast for pancakes. Um, PK yeah. Sullivan's YouTube cooking channel mm-hmm. uh, has launched with its maiden um, video, and I know PK is working on another video right now. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, first video is up about making a perfect fried egg. Uh, yeah. I thought it was actually quite good. Yeah. Um, the the videos the videos fun and uh, PK does one of my favorite shticks. The uh, there must be a better way. Yeah. Ouch. Um, yes. So I, I quite enjoyed that. Uh, I'm excited because um, while the first video is about frying an egg, um, we in the Slack room. Uh, see PK's uh, creations all the time. And so I'm really psyched to see some of uh, PK's other recipes. Oh, I'm sure there's some good stuff coming down the pipe. But what PK mm-hmm. needs, and the reason we have it in the announcements, subscribers. Yes, yes. please. Let's get, let's get PK a bunch of subscribers. Um, oh, that's right. So that PK can get all the goodies that come with having um, – I forget. There are some, I think, YouTube goodies, including a custom URL or something. Yes, custom URL would definitely be nice. Yeah, if uh, if you get up there in uh, uh, what you call have, it, in, in subscribers. So, do we have a link for it in the show notes or anything like that? Uh, we nope. will. We will get a link for it into the show notes for sure. I was I wasn't able to to uh, link it to my Facebook page this week because I just got out of Facebook jail. <clears throat> so. Um, also, we did I not will. get the name wrong. It is breakfast for pancakes. Pancakes. Yes. One might think, yes. "Wait, you flipped that?" No, no, that's that's on purpose. No, that's okay. the that's the shtick. <laughs> it's the shtick. <laughs> All right. So, our other announcement is that there will not be a live show on September seventh, and subsequently there will be no podcast drop on the fourteenth. Because I'm taking a week off, uh, and therefore we're all taking a week off because I run the tech <laughs> um, because of my move. I'm moving that weekend, and um, it would be much nicer the, the, to relax and, and settle in than to scramble to make sure everything's all set up from Saturday to Tuesday. I know it seems like a long period of time, but I got a whole condo full of stuff to do. So, <laughs> no, no, man, like I like yeah. look, I was I was just there, so. Yep. Um, by all means, you should totally, um, you should totally take that time off. Yep. Um, and yes, it is a forced time off because Bob runs all this <laughs> yeah. stuff and none of us know how to, none of us know how to do anything. So, and right. I know if Schmitty was here, Schmitty's like, I could run your like, but it's okay. It's okay. We can take it. We can take, we can take a little time off. Yeah. A week off here and there isn't going to kill anybody. Not going to kill anything. All right. Well, that means it's time for the feature segment. We're back to the Workshop. All right. So, uh, workshop, workshop. Jerry's going over the intro. He's messing it all up. Don't worry about it. We're going to be talking about guest stars here in the workshop. No matter when Jerry starts the show here, guest stars workshop. Don't suck. Take it, Jerry. Don't suck. All right. I was there. I was ready. Uh, all right. Two weeks ago, um, there was a scheduling hiccup in Phil's I hunt game. And so, Two of the three regular players weren't available. And so Chris and I got a chance to jump into the game and we got to play as guest stars. 
It was a lot of fun. Um, neither Chris or I ever played iHunt. We got a chance to try the new game. We got a chance to game in person with Glenn and Phil, something that we haven't actually done in a long, long time, and a chance for us to actually figure out what we like about it. Um, after the game, we all knew it would make a very good topic. So here we are. So tonight we're going to talk about having guests in your game, why you might want to do it, how you want to get them up to speed, and also how to make it a good experience for everybody involved. Yes, absolutely. And I believe at this point that we probably need to define something. So let me do this. Behold, you are in the presence of Definition Panda. Yipper. Let's do a couple. Uh, we've really got just uh, we really just got like one um, main definition for tonight, which is guest star. Uh, when a player that is not normally part of the gaming group joins a campaign temporarily for one or more sessions. I'm going to break this apart to get into a couple of key points here. Um, when it comes to person, like the player, it, it, it could be anyone, right? It could be a member of another gaming group. It could be somebody who's never played a game before. It could be a friend from out of town. Like it, It's just somebody that's not part of your regular gaming group. Um this applies to one, like what we're going to talk about tonight, guest starring applies to campaigns. It doesn't apply to one shots because a one shot, if you're just bringing a bunch of people together, it doesn't matter who you brought together, right? It doesn't matter if it's like a couple of people from your gaming group and your friend from out of town or whatever, like you just threw them together. You're going to play a game and you're done. Yeah. What we're, what we're talking about for guest star tonight is when somebody comes into an existing campaign. And then like is only there for like a session, you know, or, you know, maybe a couple. Okay. Um, With a guest star, right? The person joins the game, they play, then they leave and the game persists and continues after that. All right. So let's just talk about what guest starring is not. Um, Guest starring is not a West Marches style game. Right. The idea of a West Marches style game is that it's a little more of a ensemble where um, whoever is at the game day takes part in the game. And then like, you know, like, Hey, we're, you know, it's, you know, four of you good. You're going off for an adventure today. And at the end of the game, we're done. And next week, um, two of you stay and three other people come and those five go off on an adventure. Like that's a West marches game. And that's kind of, that is a, um, how do we play? How do we play a campaign when we don't have a stable, uh, we don't have people who can make stable time commitments. Right. Right. That's very different than guest starring. Guest starring is very much a, there is an ongoing campaign and you are literally dropping someone in and then taking them back out. We good with that? Yeah. Yep. I think that works. Good. So now that we know uh, all of that information, why might we want to let someone drop into our ongoing campaign? Jerry? Well, there's a lot of reasons. Um we compiled a short list, and as always, this is neither uh, exhaustive nor in any order, so there will be other reasons. But here are some basic ones. Phil? First one is uh, you got, first one is exactly how Jerry and uh, Chris wound up um, playing, which is missing players. One or more of your regular players can't make the game, and you invite a guest star to join in to add bodies to the table. Right? This works out really well. When a game does better, when it has a certain number of players, like I wouldn't really run I Hunt with one player, um, since I Hunt is kind of deadly. Um, at least the monster part of it can get deadly. Like you really want to have a couple more bodies. So, um, in the case of uh, Jerry and Chris joining, um, it was uh, Bob and Tony who couldn't make it, and Glenn was the only person who could. So, actually brought the group back up to three, which is what we normally play at. So, we was like, cool, we can do a hunt. 
The next reason would be if a friend is in town. Um, maybe you have a friend in town, you want to have a game experience with them, and you uh, don't want to put together a new game or can't put together another game. So you have them come and join the existing game or to get them to the table and play with them. And this is works best in a game that is structured to handle sub-additions to a game. Um, especially games like superhero games, because uh, comic books are famous for guest star of the week, um, or games that are episodic, like Monster, uh, Monster of the Week. Um, all those games work really well for just having a reason for somebody to show up for this one session and then move on. Oh, yeah. I mean, superhero games are so good at this. I mean, they're, I mean Marvel Comics has given us um, oh, yeah. the precedent for doing this constantly. Marvel 2-in-1. Yeah, exactly. Marvel Team-Up, like all yeah. of those. Yep. Uh, yeah. All right. Our next one is um, you want to give somebody a taste of the game, right? So in, in this case, you have a friend who's interested in the game, the setting or the mechanics, and they'd like to give it a try. So you're like, cool, come join us for a session. Uh, and, and, you know, you can try it out and see what you think of the game. Um, mm-hmm. like, a, like above, that's going to work really well with games that can handle a sudden addition. Like if you're deep in the middle of a dungeon crawl, jamming a person into your game is going to have some story continuity issues hmm. as opposed to something like um, something like, as Jerry said, the uh, superhero game, or even I was just looking at this the other day um, as I was looking through games uh, like mutant city blues, which is a police game. Like you just have like a detective from out of town, come cool. in, right? Just like, you know, I'm here tracking a guy down kind of thing. Totally works. Yeah. Another reason to do this would be to shake things up. Uh, in this case, you might have an idea for a character that could be an NPC, but you want to add some excitement to the game and have someone come in and actually play that character. Um, you could set this up in advance, or it could be a surprise for everybody. Um, and this could obviously be combined with any of the above reasons. Somebody's in town and, and you want to give them a chance to play, so you just add somebody in. So, mm-hmm. and we just, and, and, oops, go ahead. Yep. No, you just did, uh, you just I, did I, shake. I, I saw I saw a note in the in the chat room that we just answered. So go ahead, keep going. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, the next one is you want to try someone out for your game for your game or game group. So uh, you have somebody that you're considering gaming with, uh, but you kind of want to check them out, like see what kind of gamer they are, how they get along with everyone at the table. So you invite them to uh, guest star in the game, see if they're a good fit, um, if the group if the group's a good fit for them. This is a bad idea. <laughs> I I cannot endorse this. I put it on the list and I'm just like, nope, it's actually a bad idea. We'll just use it as a cautionary tale. All right. So um, we've seen a lot of people do this and it's generally a really bad idea because if the person you're trying out turns out to be really cool, then at best you just dodged a bullet. But if it's not a good fit and this happens more often than we'd like, there's a chance to do some damage to the campaign and the playing group. Your best bet for trying out new people is to play a one-shot. Yeah, Senda is fond of saying, it's temporary. And if you don't know the person themselves well, play that one-shot somewhere neutral and not in your house. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Um, hey, yeah. come on over. Like, yeah. wow, turns out this person's a real asshole. Yeah. And they know where I live. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's. Um, I don't recommend guest starring um, for test runs like test runs you should just do something very disposable yep like just get your favorite one shot game or even just make a one shot out of the game that you're running like oh cool we're gonna play i hunt but like it's gonna be a like 
you can tell your players like, Hey, we're going to play. I hunt. It's going to be a one-off not connected to the campaign whatsoever. Yeah. We're just going to do it to like, you know, game with this person and see how they gel. Yeah. And right, then, so you know, take them to your local game store. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So that's all excellent advice and some good reasons to have someone guest star. Phil, what, what kind of challenges are we going to encounter when we add a guest star? Yeah, there's a there's like a there's like a bit of a like balancing act we like get into with a guest star game, right? Guest star games are um if you're doing them well, I don't want to say they're cut and dry, right? Like um because here are the things you gotta consider. When you add a guest star to your game, if you are changing your table chemistry and flow, like it doesn't matter how well your current players gel, it doesn't even matter to some extent, how well they know the person you're adding in. When you add a person into a game, you have altered the the chemistry of the group and the flow of the group. But we're doing that. We're taking that. We're, we're taking that on when we do a guest star game. So what we want is we want this to come out as a win-win, right? We want the guest star to have a good time. We want the group to have a good time. And so we have like, if you're, if you really want to get the most out of this, You've really got to do a little work to make both of those sides of the equation balance. Otherwise, it's going to wind up being sub. It's going to wind up being like a subpar game. And what I mean by that is, um, either the guest star is going to have a lot of fun, and the players are going to be kind of eh or bored, or vice versa. Like the players are going to be having like their normal game, but the guest star is kind of like, uh, I didn't really get to do very much, right? Mm-hmm. So. Let's take a look at what that win-win, that balanced equation looks like from a high level. All right. So if you're the guest star, um, we want to make sure that that character is important. We also want to make sure that they're relevant to the plot itself. They're not just hanging around for the ride. Um, But we also want to make sure that they don't disrupt the continuity um, and the tone of the game by just adding themselves in. And lastly, we want the character to do some cool stuff during the session. So if they get to do this kind of interesting, but not overwhelming the rest of the group. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On the player side, we want their characters to still be the driving force of the game. It's still their campaign. Um, we don't want the, their characters being sidelined by the guest star. Like the guest star no. can't come in. Like if you're playing, um, if you're playing like the MCU defenders, like you don't want like your character that's coming in to be like the Hulk. Right. And now, like, suddenly everybody's like, uh, like Hulk can handle it. Like Daredevil doesn't need to beat these guys up. The Hulk will fight them. That kind of thing. Um, we want the established characters to have good interactions with the guest star. So we want to have some times in the game where that can occur, because that's also kind of the cool part of having the guest star is for the characters like to also play off that other player. Um, and we want the players to be inviting and actually help the guest star player, especially if that guest star player doesn't uh, know the system, right? So, like, if you're all playing 5e and this person that you're guest starring in has played a ton of 5e, there's not really a lot of hand-holding you have to do. But if your guest star only plays 5e and you're now running Fate or something else, like, you're going to want, like, the players to kind of also help out with like help out making sure that that person has a good time, knows what's going on. While a guest star is a special person joining the game, um, we don't want their character to be the plot solution or the deus ex machina for the game, right? We don't want them like sweeping in and taking out 
Baron Von Badass, who's like the established bad guy that the players have spent like a whole story arc working towards. Yeah. Right. And then the guest star comes in and is like, oh, turns out I have, you know, uh, Baron Von Asenite, which, you know, renders him useless and, (laughs) you know, kicks his ass in front of the players who are like, we just did like four months worth of work to get to this asshole. And now like the guest star just took him out. Yep. The last thing you want as a player is for some new person to come in just for a one-time thing and elements to the shit out of this place. Yeah, it's like, exactly. <laughs> no. My character is Fizzbane. We're cool, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm not the only one who feels that way about uh, Elminster. All right. Um, <clears throat> in our upcoming tips section, though, we're going to give you tips on how to better position the guest star so that you don't have this kind of thing occur. Cool. So knowing that there's some work to be done to get a good guest star game... I suspect that some of that work needs to be done before the game. What about that, Jerry? Well, I can tell you there's going to be some work the GM needs to figure out, and there's going to be some communication that has to occur between the GM and the group and the player. On the prep side, the GM has to figure out how the guest star is going to fit into the session. So first of all, they're going to need to figure out what role the guest star is going to have in that, in that adventure. Yeah, they don't necessarily need to know all the details about the, of, like, the character they're going to play, but they do need to like probably put some constraints regarding like how the character fits into the game mm-hmm. second they're going to need to figure out how to bring the character into the story itself yeah um is this character they're bringing in connected to any of the other characters um do we need a specific scene that needs to be kind of written into our prep so that we um you know we have a we have an opening to bring the character into the game that kind of thing okay and next thing to figure out what role they're going to play in the story or what plot element the guest starts to be there to help resolve. Notice help resolve, not just resolve. And finally, the GM needs to figure out how to remove the character from the story at the end. Yeah, like, so they may want to leave the door open. Like, you, you might want, you know, you probably don't want to kill them. Um, no. You probably want to leave the door open so that, like, they could come back in, like, another like another day. Yeah. All right. People side, GM has to work with the guest player and get them up to speed on the game and the campaign. Yeah, so you may have to do some of the following, right? Like, you may need to explain the rules to the... Um, to the player. Um, I'm actually going to add a few things because I don't have them bulleted here. Uh, you may need to get them up to speed on your table safety conventions. Yep. yep. You may need to have a uh, quick lines and veil refresher. Like, hey, just so that you know, like, here's our current lines and veils. Are you okay with these? Is there anything we need to add while you're here? That kind of thing. That's an excellent point. Um, you're going to have to explain the setting you may have to explain the setting and the situation to the, to the new player. Right. So maybe they know how to play D and D five E, but they don't really know like your homebrew campaign world. Um, and they definitely don't know, like, what are the characters? Like, what, what do the characters do in your homebrew campaign world? So right. you're going to have to, like I said, depending on what game you're playing and depending on who you're playing it with, some of these things are going to need to uh, be done. And then lastly, um, you need to help them um, make a character and some sort of backstory to go with the character, right? To to address all the things that Jerry mentioned above, like how you're going to slot them in, who they know, that kind of thing. And lastly, the GM is also going to work with the other players to prepare them for the guest star to come. When you nope. pause awkwardly like that, it seems strange. I was just waiting that that that's you. You've got the next line. Oh, sorry, that's me. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> I heard I heard Sai threw me he threw me off. Um, all right. So yes, in order to prepare the other players at the table, um, first of all, you should communicate that someone's coming to the game. I know that we said like one of the things you can do is a surprise thing. 
you should do that very rarely. Cool. Like, surprise. I mean, it can be cool, but you're taking on a little risk by not telling the players in advance. Um, yeah, you can really get away with a surprise if, like, you had a member of your game group move away and they're yes. coming in on vacation and you know that they're going to drop in and they're going to play a session with you, but the other players don't. It's a perfectly that valid easily get away because that one will go off like gangbusters. Yeah, that's a great that's a great surprise to throw in a game. What's yeah. not a good surprise is like you met a friend at work who's never played a D and D game, and you're yeah. like, "Surprise, guys! My coworker's here tonight." Like, I met this dude at the magic shop, and boy, he really wanted yeah. to play a game. So hey, I brought God. him hey. home with me. Um, hey, hey guys, my girlfriend wants to know what role-playing games are, and so I thought it'd be fun if she sat in and played with us tonight. Yeah, and not that your girlfriend isn't welcome, not that yeah. your coworker no. isn't welcome, or the guy from the magic shop, but what we're saying is talk people. to the players talk first, to, right? To, to, to. A little communication and consent goes a long way here. Mm-hmm. Um, so first communicate and get that consent with your players that it's okay to add a guest to the game. Um Second, set expectations with the group, right? What's the, like, where does this character fit in? Mm -hmm. Um, And then, um, you know, ask the group if, like, someone else can help with, um, you know, keeping that player up to speed. Because it's cool when you're, like, before the game, like, helping them get their character made and, like, explaining the rules to them. But, like, once you're in the middle of GMing and you're juggling the rest of the group and your story and, you know, the, the eight other things that you're doing, like, it'll be helpful if like a knowledgeable player who knows how the game works is like, Hey, guest sit next to me, like roll these dice or add that bonus right there. Yep. That's a, that's a big help. GM's got enough to do. So. Yeah, yeah. That is something really big is that and I talk about this later that, that as a player, if they bring in a, a, a guest, this is a really good time for you to uh, co GM, I guess I would say with everybody. It's a good chance for you to, to take a little bit of that load off and help the player look things up in the book. Um, you know, find rules for them. Um, don't tell them how to run their character by any means. Yeah. But if they have questions, be there to help out so that the story keeps moving along and the GM isn't stopping every, you know, 10 minutes to explain something. It works really well. Yep. So. Yep. All right. So as a GM, what advice can we give about running guest star games, Phil? Sure. You know, we like jamming advice. That's mm-hmm. why we're here in the workshop. Um, so building on everything that we've just been talking about, um, there are things the GM needs to do here. Um, and again, we're going to do one of our lists. So here is some advice for running great guest star games. First, your adventure should be a one shot that fits into the campaign. Um, by that, I mean, it should be a complete story for the guest star. There should be a start, a middle and a finish. So they're not left just hanging to see what happens next. Um, and also be needs to be another installment for the rest of the group, something that they can actually participate in. Um, it doesn't have to be important for the campaign as a whole, but it has to be something that's meaningful for them. And this is a really good place for side quests in the middle of a larger arc, having a one-shot shot completing something that needed to get done, um, exploring a character arc that people were interested in following up on, that sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, next tip, plan less material than you normally would for a game. Guest star games always run slower for a whole host of reasons. First of all, you have changed the table dynamic. Uh, Number two, you are, you know, you are basically at times teaching a player um, how to play the game in the middle of like in the middle of your story. Right. Uh, And depending on uh, who your guest star is, side chatter and socialization. 
Like Bob said, if you uh, if your surprise guest star is, you know, somebody one of your former gaming group that came in from out of town, you can be sure that you're not just sitting down to play. Yeah. Like there's going to be some talking and chatting and all that stuff. So you want to you want a shorter than normal game, make your plot a little more simple, keep it more streamlined, uh, a little bit of rising action and then like right into the climax. So uh, modeling after like most of my teenage years. Right, just a little bit of rising action right to the climax. <laughs> All right. The Get next the thing you want to do is make sure you intro the guest star into the game as fast as possible. Don't drag on and choose the character. Get them right in the story and get them interacting with the players right off the bat. Um, they're here to play, so don't sideline them as you work them in the rest of the story. And this is a good time to use hard cuts or media res to get them there quickly. Just drop them in. Um, it can be something as simple as if, if you've found a way to make the players or if you found a way to tie the character into somebody else's backstory, you can just have them, you know, you guys come outside or you're sitting in the restaurant and across the way you see, hey, look, there's Schmitty. And now he's part of the group. Get started with the adventure. Go from there. Or yeah. even better, you're walking down the street and you see somebody being chased by 10 of the town guard. Is that Schmitty being chased by 10 of the town guard? What do they do this time? Go get them. That kind of thing. Um, perfect ways to just get them in. Don't make them wait. You know, five minutes in, they should be part of the story. So, Agreed. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. Um, your guest star should play an important role in the session, but not be the solution to any overall plot that the characters have, work, or have been working towards. This one will require a little finesse. You want the guest star to feel like a guest star, right? You want them to have something meaningful to do in the game, right? Like they're just not like, you know, Torchbearer 5, you know, in your line of, of um, NPCs. But at the same time, you don't want the guest star to come in and solve the story arc that the players have been building towards. So yeah. you want this session. So first of all, you can do what Jerry said, right? You can do side quest, B plot, that kind of thing. Absolutely, right? You can just not engage your main story plot and go that direction. But if you are going to engage your main story plot, then make the session about something that's important that like incrementally moves the players closer to the, to the end of that story arc, but does not complete it. Right. So like, let's say they're looking for Baron Von Badass and they've found where he is, but his fortress has like an impenetrable shield. Okay. Then the guest star um, can be the person who figures out how to destroy the shield. It doesn't take out Baron Von Badass, but it moves the players incrementally closer to the end of their story arc in a way that they're like, boy, it's good. That guest star was there. We would have never been able to take out that shield. Right. And like, so it like, and then the guest star has this really cool experience because not only did they do a cool thing in the session, which was I destroyed the shield, but the players can then tell them afterwards, like now that you took out that shield, like we can actually get to Baron Von Badass for the first time and like, you know, and take them down. And the player's like, cool, not only did I do something cool, but I helped my friends. Yep. Like it's a, that's the win-win right there. Um, and it's a really nice way to do it is like whatever, like make an obstacle for the story and let the guest star be the key to that obstacle, but don't ever let that be the climax or finale of an arc. All right. Next, when you wrap up your session, you want to exit the guest star's character as quickly as possible. Um, this could be something that they ride off in the sunset, they go back to their normal life, maybe even they die if that's what the players want to do. But end the session with the understanding that what happens to the characters at the end of the session 
is going to continue on. And if that character is no longer part of the story um, until the next time they guess that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you just want to give like some closure on that. Yep. Um, before the session, give the player any cheat sheets, quick starts, whatever it is to help them understand the rules. A lot of games nowadays have like quick starts that are either free um, or they were very little money or whatever. Um, many of them have cheat sheets. I make a lot of cheat sheets for my games. Um, get those in the hands of the player before the session so they can get familiar with the game. So like, hey, you're playing next week. You know what? Here's the quick, the DCC quick start. Give it a flip through. Don't worry about memorizing it, but just like, you know, read like if you can skim through it or whatever. And then that way, when we're talking to you about stuff, it'll make sense. Plus, you'll also have it for reference while we're playing. Um, if the game has an AP or a stream, and that's a thing that the the person's into, like maybe they don't want to read a quick start, but like they totally love watching streaming games. Be like, oh, hey, you want to see some cool DCC? Like Judge James runs the stream. Like go check it out. The next that thing is, thing. you want to prepare the character for the guest star session or work with the player to get it prepared ahead of time, because you don't want to uh, waste all of your time during the session generating that character while everybody else just sits around waiting. Um, things will go slower that way. So you want to do is just get character jet ahead of time and then find some way to have the character for have the guest star have that character ready when they show up for the game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the more they can get done, the better, right? Mm-hmm. Um, have materials for the player, right? Mm-hmm. If uh, your game has specific dice, um, fate dice, uh, DCC, weird, you know, weird dice, the year zero um, trio of dice, if you're playing um, like, um, Forbidden Lands, Mutant Year Zero, uh, Aliens has a couple of specialized dice, whatever it is. Um, make sure you have some for the player. If what you're playing is just, um, you know, regular dice, then you might just want to be like, hey, we're playing Shadowrun, so bring a shit ton of D6s um, when you show up. Or, hey, we're playing Vampire, so, um, you know, make sure you got your make sure you got your pile of tens in front of you. That kind of thing. Um, but if the game has any specific, like, specific components... You're going to want to make sure that um, you have them um, for the player. Like I have like a box of um, fate dice, right? So if you show up to my place to play fate and you don't have a, um, you don't have any fate dice, like no problem. Like I got, I got you covered. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't have a ton of DCC dice. (laughs) Like I don't. Things are expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and you know, and I, you know, I have like, I have one set of DCC dice, Um, but you know, can easily be like, "Hey, bring your normal D and D dice, and if you need any of the weirdo dice, I'll pass them over to you." Yep. So that kind of thing. Jared, take us to the end of this. All right, and the ninth th- thing in our list of eight is that you want to get the other players up to speed about the guest star. Um, unless it's going to be a surprise, tell them what the guest star, what they're going to be coming in for, give them an idea of what they're going to do in the game, um, and then ask someone in the group if they can help with any rules questions during the game. Um, we actually did this for iHunt. She let us know ahead of time what we were doing so uh, Chris and I could post our characters uh, to our group chat ahead of time so other players knew what we were getting into and also just post a little comment about who we were and also allowed, because we had two guest stars coming in, the two guest stars to coordinate a little bit about who our, what our relationship with. So we sat down at the table. Um, it was pretty much established why we were there and what we were going to be doing right off the bat. Um, so that sort of thing is excellent. If the players know what's going to happen before the guest star gets there, it worked well. Um, later on, I hope Bob will tell us the story about his character joining Chris's Eberron game. So I think that was one of the smoothest introductions. 
And I hope yeah, that's going to be one of the that wasn't really about. a guest star because I was I, the, the whole plan was to join the campaign mm -hmm. right out of the gate, but, but still <clears throat> worked, worked the same way. So yeah, we can very, talk about that similar. in the after show. All right, all right. So all of that's excellent stuff that a GM can do to make the guest star game go smoothly. What can the guest star themselves do to not only have a good time, but to make sure that everyone else does, Jerry? Well, this is the kind of thing the guest star needs to think about ahead of time, because there are definitely some things they can do, and some of them are directly related to the GMing advice we just gave. Right. So uh, work to understand the game, the setting, and the situation that you're going to be playing in. Right? Don't, don't, just, uh, don't just roll in and like, be like, you know, teach me. I, you know, I know nothing. Like if you're playing, like if you're going to be playing some DCC, like, you know, and somebody tosses you the quick start, give it a read. Yep. Right. And even if they didn't send it to you, like go, you know, if you're, an, you know, if you're from, if you're not a new role player, but if you're an established role player, like go quick check online, like, you know, where to look to see if there's any quick starts or something. So do a little homework, right. Um, Find out, ask some questions from the players about the setting and the situation. Like, what are some important setting things I should know? What, um, and by situation, you know, I'm, I'm referring to the Jason Pitt um, pillar thing here. Situation, what do the characters do, right? Mm -hmm. What are the, you know, like, what do we do in this game? So, you know, have people tell you like, oh, you know, we are, you know, space truckers. Oh, cool, cool. We're space truckers for tonight. Excellent. Mm -hmm. Cool. Good, Joe. And that kind of leads into the next thing, which is, Get a character made up before you get to the game. Um, come up with or work with the GM and other players to create a character concept, and then do your homework and make your character. Um, even if you're getting a pre-gen, see if you can get it before the game and study up a little bit. Um, years ago, uh, the person who introduced me to role-playing games, one of the first things he told me was, whenever you get a new game, um, as, as soon as possible, make a character in the game. Because by the time you're done creating your character, you'll have a much better idea of what the mechanics of the game are and how they're going to interact. Because you can read about them in the rules, but when you actually try to build your character, even if you're not building it for that particular game, you'll get a much better feeling for what's available and how the how the, the mechanics interact with each other. So or you can play Palladium, and those two things are <laughs> only loosely related. <laughs> you'll make a character for five hours and use like you know a quarter of it. Anyway. Yeah, but but the same thing. All joking aside, the same thing though. If you make a, char a character for Palladium. Um, if you make up a character for Teens Mutant Ninja Turtles, by the time you're done making that character, you'll have a pretty good idea about what you can expect as far as numbers and stats and opposition, what a good number is and what a bad number yeah, is. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. I'm just being. And, 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 oh, I, I, I know you're joking, but I'm saying, because I think about that, because there are lots of times when I play a new game for the first time. And one of the things I always ask as a player is, what's an average number? What's an average difficulty? What's it? So to know, like, how, okay, I've got a plus three. Is that good or bad? Yeah. Does that mean, you know, am I skilled? Is this something I shouldn't be dealing with? That sort of thing. Um, that helps a lot. And if you make up your own character, you'll often have a better idea of what that what that encounters, what that yeah, entails. Yeah, I mean, you're 100% correct, right? If you're playing yeah. a gumshoe game, like, is my three in forensics good? Yes, you are Grissom. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Um, next tip is, as a player, learn the table culture that you're playing in, like that you're going into. And, and since you're guest starring, go with the flow, right? You're the guest here. Try to be flexible. Like when it comes to the existing table culture, like you're here for a session. So when mm -hmm. possible, um, you know, just kind of work to fit in. Now allow me to make a caveat here. If the table culture that you are guest starring in is toxic, hostile, or unsafe, fuck everything I just said, take care of yourself, stand up for yourself, or just fucking leave. 
I'm talking about like you sit down with um, when when you sit down with people, you know, and when I'm talking about table culture, right, I'm talking about things like what's the seating pattern, right? Like if everybody has a seat, don't just like sit down, like see where like because some people are picky about where they sit Mm -hmm. in the game because maybe somebody needs to sit close to the GM because they don't hear things well, whatever. Maybe you do. And then you want to ask, like, can I sit next to the GM kind of thing? Um, I, I had a table where I had two players that were very quiet. Two players are medium and two were very, very loud and, and tended to kind of talk over people. So I always made sure the two quiet people sat right next to me at the GM mm-hmm. table so that when they started to talk, I could hear them and keep people from talking over them in the group. That's the kind of thing you that, that made a huge difference in how we set up our table. Yeah. And you don't want to, as a guest, like just come in and be like, I'm sitting next to Jerry, right? And like bump the quiet players out of their spot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're going to figure out things like um, conventions for silly things, like what happens when a die rolls off the table? What do you do as Bob calls it the leaner, right? Like, yeah. you know, do you play that? Do you let it fall? Do you re-roll it? Whatever. Um, go as much as possible with the table flow, uh, with the table culture with the caveat that I said, right? Like Mm -hmm. never go and sit at a table and feel uncomfortable, you know, unwanted, whatever, like Mm -hmm. don't do that part, but you know, normal stuff, go with the flow. All right. For everybody in the back, do not wreck the game world. Can you say that one more time? Do not wreck the game world. You are a guest there in the game world. Go with the flow of things. Don't do anything drastic. Uh, don't cause problems for the GM. Don't cause problems with the characters they leave. And buy into the setting. Yeah. If the if the game is about teenagers in high school, play a teenager. If the game is about um, you know being rebels against the empire, don't try to play a synth a synth infiltrator. All that sort or, of thing. Or don't turn traitor in the middle of the game. Yes. Yes. Uh, don't try don't don't decide to shoot the the prince when he shows up that sort of thing play along yeah. be there and, and to be honest that's not just for new players that's for all players yeah it definitely is for all players but like you, you know when you players. drop a guest player in and they're like yeah. because here's the thing the guest player is playing a one shot yep. yeah the rest of the players are playing a campaign and as you know, as we frequently say about guests, about one shots, right? Like, write them like you stole them, right? But in this case, yeah. no, don't. You've borrowed mom's car. Yeah. Don't go play Blues Brothers with it, right? Like, drive it nicely. As soon as we get back to the rebel base, I'm going to assassinate Mon Mothma. What? Right. what? I'm actually a sleeper agent. <laughs> That's no. my background. <laughs> Come over here so I can slap you upside the head. Yeah, like, <laughs> hey, cool. This, hey, cool. We found this halfling with this cool chainmail shirt, a glowing blue sword, and a ring of visibility. Let's knock him out and take it. <laughs> yeah, let's steal all his shit. That actually happened. Go ahead. Oh. <laughs> all right, and Phil, wrap it up here. Lastly, uh, as a guest star, be awesome, but make the other players more awesome. Mm-hmm. As a guest star, you should have fun and do cool stuff. And if the GM has done their job, um, they're also going to have cool stuff for you to do. But you're also a guest in the game. So Mm -hmm. take some of the cycles that you have to make the established characters more awesome. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, yes, maybe you were fully designed to take down Baron Von Badass's shield. 
but it doesn't hurt if you pull Bob into the scene while you do it. Mm-hmm. Right. Like that'll like, that'll make Bob feel cool too. Mm-hmm. Um, so take actions that build up other characters or set up the other characters for greatness. Um, yeah. it, it will go a long way. Yeah. People will remember like, Oh, that guest star, like that person was so cool when they played. And like, I had this cool scene with them and I had a cool scene with them. You, you'll likely get asked back. Mm-hmm. There you go. All right. So excellent advice. Now, what if the guest star part goes so well that they want to have you back? Now, what do we do, Phil? Yeah. Right. So it's very possible that your guest star stint went so well um, that either uh, either they either the group would like the character to come back, which obviously means you get to come back. Or maybe they just like you so much that they want you to come back and make a new character. Right. Both of these are totally cool. And they both start the same way, which is with communication. So. Uh, if the guest star is interested in coming back, they should tell the GM they'd like to be interested in coming back and understand the GMs first need to talk to the group and ask them if that's okay. Yeah, they then need, say, go ahead, need to be understanding about this as the guest star player. You might have had a good time, but the rest of the players may have felt that while it was fun, they don't want another player in the group, and that's perfectly acceptable. Or they may not want a player in the group until that story arc's done mm-hmm. like oh like you know yeah like you know like bob was great but like we like we should we should add bob in when we finish the baron von badass arc like because we've been working on that for like you know the last couple of months let's get that done and then we'll have this cool gap where it'd be perfect to work bob in mm-hmm. right okay so first thing is to make your intentions known right that's the first part the second part is the gm then needs to go talk to the group without the guest star Right. Go talk to the group and talk about whether people would enjoy having the guest star come back in some capacity, whether it be occasionally or permanently. Right. And the group should be candid and honest um, about their feelings. And and it's not a um, statement of the person. I mean, it could be a statement of the person if like it went really badly and no one likes that person. But it could be like for the things that we said, it could be about like where you are in the story like oh we don't want to take on a new player like in the middle of this dungeon but we totally would when this dungeon's over um it, so it could be that kind of thing um but your group needs to feel not pressured right. to speak their minds about it right like they should just feel free and that's why you do it without the guest star hanging around right i'm very yeah. much a proponent of never of like even if i had a great time and we all clicked in a game i'm not going to ask the table like while we're packing up, like, Hey, like, can I come join your game? I might say, and this is the first part, right? I'll say, Hey, this was really fun. I had a lot of fun. I I hope that some point in the future, I can game with you guys again. Mm -hmm. And then I leave. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Right. And then maybe later I thank the GM and I say, Hey, if you ever want, you know, like if you ever have room for me to come back, I would love to come back done. Mm -hmm. Then the GM comes and talks to players. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Because understand that, no matter how um, no matter how cool the person is you added or how well you know the person, when you add a person in the group, you always change the group dynamic. Yep. And that's not saying it's bad, right? Because you could add this person and the group dynamic could just become awesomer, mm-hmm. right? We added Chris, Bob and I added Chris to our gaming group years ago and the game became awesomer mm-hmm. um, for doing so. But it also created a lot of disruption, and we wound up eventually losing a player. 
also yeah. worked out better in the end for everybody anyway. <laughs> but um, but these things come with turbulence and they do shake themselves out and, e- and equilibrate. But there's going to be some disruption when you add a player. Yeah, well. And and yeah. and that's really important. And, I'll, and then I'll turn this back over to Jerry. That's really important if you're in the middle of a game. Yeah, it's yeah. less of a big deal if you're switching games. It's less of a big deal if you're if you are ending a story arc and starting a story arc. But if you're like smack dab in a story arc and you now change up the dynamic, like that everybody's got to like hang on for it to balance back out. All right. So after the whole group has talked, then the GM should talk to the guest star, guest star player and update them, either for better or for worse. And yeah. again, as the player, just be accept, be aware of the fact that he may come back and say, "No, we talked, and they really kind of like the game session they've got right now. They want to add a new player, and that's that, and that's perfectly acceptable too." So yeah, just talk about, but talk about it and remain friends. All right, right. So assuming that the group was positive about the guest star coming back, here's some advice about having a reoccurring or a permanent spot. Okay, first let's talk with the recurring guest star, spot because it's a lot easier. With recurring guest spot, the group like the character well enough, they like to see them return one for one or more future sessions. Um, you're going to need to figure out when, based on the schedules, and the GM has to work the guest star back into those sessions. Um, maybe you have a friend who guest stars whenever they come home to see their parents uh, or when they come to visit. Uh, you're not going to know when you're coming, and you can hopefully plan accordingly and make the game kind of fit together smoothly at that point. However, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, so if somebody wants, if somebody's going to become a permanent part of the group, First, you got to determine, is the character going to become a permanent addition to the game or will the player that's joining make a new character, right? Because sometimes when you make like a, a guest a guest star character, they're kind of purpose built, mm-hmm. right? So we made, you know, the shield breaker who, you know, whose goal was to break the shield, you know, break Baron, Baron Von Badass's impenetrable shield. But maybe there's not a lot for the shield breaker to do in future stories. Yeah. So maybe that's a better um, it's a better idea to have the player come in and make up a new character. Or maybe had they had the dramatic uh, the dramatic guest star death after yes. after bringing down the shield. You know they were taken down in a hail of gunfire from the minions or whatever. You know. Yeah, exactly. They held off the minions like <clears throat> they sacrificed themselves so the rest of the team could get away. Yeah, now we're just going to have Jerry make a new character. Like that's a bit. plus. Jerry may want to make a new character because, because, you know, we, well, like one, if they helped build it, they built it when they didn't really understand too much about the game or the system. Um, And two, like, and now have having played a little plus having like maybe got the books and read up on some stuff. They're like, Oh, I I would really like to play this type of character. Yeah. Yeah, We had that happen when I ran Pathfinder for the first time, we had a player's girlfriend wanted to come join the group or at least see what it was like. So she came and sat in for two weeks. And when that session was over, she went away for another two weeks and came back and wanted to join permanently and they all wanted her. So she created a brand new character and having played twice, she had an idea of what niche the, would fit well with the group and create a character specifically to kind of fill a particular need for the party and also kind of provide support um, and actually played a little better than her boyfriend did, which was fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, he eventually left. He eventually left and she stayed. So, <laughs> uh, it was a lot of fun, but that happens awesome. sometimes. Yep. Uh, half work barbarian awesome all right so uh, let's go see. ahead yeah all right so we talked about the um you know we talked about possibly making a new character gm's going to need to do some adjustments to the story 
to get the new character to fit. Um, they're going to, you know, the new character or if the returning character is going to need a personal arc, a deeper background, some, maybe some, you know, connections to some NPCs, like all of those things. So, you know, this is why like going between story arcs is really nice because, cool. um, or in the, or changing games is like a really nice way to do this because everything's fresh. Cool. Um, and then you're going to go through the part where uh, you got to play some sessions to e- equilibrate. So got to play some sessions with the new player. And, you know, if, uh, if they were, if they're as good as they were during their guest star, then after a few sessions, um, you're going to have a new dynamic and you're going to be clicking along and having a good time again. You You probably have a good time while you're getting the dynamic down, but you know, soon you'll be back into a flow. Mm -hmm. Lots of, lots of in jokes, inter-character stuff that becomes recurring. Lots of recurring plot tropes, that kind of thing. That becomes a lot of fun. Yeah. So, that's our overview on the basic guest star spot. We're going to take a break and check in with the chat room, see what you guys all have to say. But first, Bob, tell us about another show on the network. Yeah, so I want to talk to you today about a little show called The Lounge. Doc Palindrome hosts the show, and he finds the best, the brightest, the most fun game designers and sits down to have a cool chat with them. And you never know what kind of conversation is going to come up in The Lounge. There's been some very interesting interviews with some, some wonderful people. Good show. Check it out. All right. So into the chat room. Early on, we had a nice question from Blake Ryan. What about if the guest star star drops in to manage or role play the bad guys in a GM assistant-like fashion? So this is like a whole different, um, this is like a whole different thing. Um, We could almost do a whole show on, on being a GM assistant. Um, Because it is a very different dynamic. You're going to be in on a lot of stuff. Um, Your role is relegated differently because if you're the opposition, then you are sitting out for a chunk of time until the players kind of get to the opposition. Um, It can be fun, right? It can totally be fun. Um, I once at Origins, uh, oh, so once at Origins, I was running um, uh, the Warren, the rabbit game. And um, I had two NPCs, which were cats and um, kick-ass Emily happened to stop by because she saw us sitting around playing. And I was like, Oh, I'm like, Emily, do you have anything you have to go to right now? And she's like, no. And I'm like, would you like to guest star as an NPC for a little bit? And so I kind of told her what the gist was and she was like, Oh, I'm totally in. And she kind of jumped in and I showed her some notes and uh, we were off and running. Um, And it was, it was amazing, right? Like it was, um, it was totally fun. Uh, Schmidt and Senda were playing in that game um, and are commenting on it. Um, It was a blast, but it's a, it's a very different thing when you are uh, helping the GM than when you're playing as a character. Cause when you're playing as a character, you're full on in with the group. When you're playing with the GM, you're there when the GM needs you. I just, I don't think you get a lot of like, unless you're playing something like 18th level D and D where the whole session is like one fight and it's like, cool. I want you to play like my Lich Beholder, right? Here's your 10 pages of powers that you have as like Lich Beholder. And this encounter is basically going to take four hours for us to play. Like then that player gets like, um, they get a lot of fun, but also they're now PVP. Yeah. Right. So like, they're now like trying to wipe out the players and I'm not a PVP guy. 
right? Yeah. So I'm not like super hot on being like, yes, play play my, you know, play my beholder lich and try to kill as many of the characters as you can uh, in the next four hours, and we'll all have fun. <laughs> like, I've I've played I've played in a few story games or non-conflict games like that where the we've had somebody show up. We had one where all of our characters it was a one shot, but all of our characters woke up in hell and the GM's assistant played one of the devils tormenting us verbally on a regular basis. And that was, that was fun for everybody because they got to interact with every scene because they were helping to narrate, but that wouldn't have worked in a regular, you know, hack and slash campaign or even a game with a lot of sideboard content. So um, it really only works in, in particular kinds of games on a regular basis. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's, it's, it's a tricky one. And I think it's very tricky because if they're playing opposition, they are absolutely now playing a PVP game and the players are now playing a PVP game. And I'm actually like, I'm a person who doesn't like PVP. I would not like if I sat down for a game session to find out that Bob is my enemy for the night. Yeah. Yeah. Like I would be like, Oh, (laughs) like I, I, when the GM does it, that's one thing. The GM is a fan of the players, but when you hand the, um, the beholder lich over to somebody like, for instance, I would never give Chris the Beholder Lich. No, oh, hell no. <laughs> Good God, no. <laughs> right? Because Chris <laughs> loves PvP games, right? Chris plays hard, um, and he will he will disintegrate some of you before the night is over. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. like would not give Chris the Beholder Lich. <laughs> um, surprise, <Yeah>. motherfuckers. <laughs> TPK. TPK, TPK. As we're blowing through this dungeon too fast, I have brought in a, I have brought in a ringer. <laughs> Meet Chris. I mean, this is save, def- save this versus is, death. This is definitely PvP. But back when we used to play um, the original edition of BattleTech as a role-playing slash combat game, what the GM did every week because every other week was an actual combat versus role-playing one week, the next week could be because a game of battle tech with you know four players on us you know at a time would take three hours what the gm would do is when people showed up he would just tell you what the scenario was and then he would have everybody draw cards and all the black cards were the good guys and all the red cards were the bad guys and he would just hand you the good guys get to bring their mechs and the bad guys he would just hand you like okay each of you pick one of these you're against them this week and so every week would rotate who fought who um, it worked really well, and it was a lot of fun, but it was definitely PvP. Um, I never actually got to be on the good guy team. I always ended up playing one of the bad guys, um, <laughs> which was a lot of fun. But that only worked in a very particular kind of game, so it worked. It's. I, I would definitely say it, it. It comes with some caution. Like it's. Yeah. It's. Um, it comes with some caution. It's going to be PvP, and the other thing is, you won't play as much as when you're a player. Right. Yep. So take yep. that one with a grain of salt. I've done mm-hmm. it before. It can work. Um, but I can also, as I described it, I can, I can clearly see how it could like really rain on, on the players. Yep. I'll, I'll come out and say that while I've done it before, I wouldn't do it now. <laughs> I'll just, I'll say flat out that, that I played it back in my, back in the day when I thought, you know, when I was a young, immature kid and thought that PVP was a good idea. And back when I was a killer GM and as I've grown up and matured and actually like my friends, I thought, I think I don't want to play that anymore. Tonight, so. Jerry's going to guest as Galactus. No. <laughs> you don't want to have yeah. 
<laughs> no. Can I just I've, take a bite I, of this moon? I'm, I'm oh, really no. hungry. I've I've read Nth Man. I know how to play Galactus as a comic relief character. It'd be a lot of fun. Uh, <laughs> right. All right. I would uh, I would like to now jump into um, something we touched on before, and Senda is a huge fan of it. It's when you're the guest star, you are playing a one shot essentially, and don't be afraid to embrace the true the dramatic death scene as yes. a as a motivating factor for the other characters, um, mm-hmm. like. Give it, give it that, you know, you flex your acting chops, you know, like your dramatic death scene, you know, let your inner thespian out um, and, and just, you know, like go for it. If it, if it seems like the thing to do or it would fit well with the, with the current scenario, like the Baron Von Badass's shield is coming down, but the only way to do it is to, is to hold your ground in that one spot to make sure it stays down long enough for the, for the regular characters to get through and the whole thing's going to collapse, like ride it, you know, take that moment and go with it because you never know. You get to have the dramatic quote death scene as I do the air quotes off camera and nobody can see them. Um, but if you don't see a body, maybe the character's not dead. So if you do get the opportunity to come back, you can have that wonderful reveal, like in the shadows of the corner of the cave out steps, Timmy, we thought Timmy died, you know, in the shield generator room. Oh, my God. What what is going on here? You know, and now you get to I have was that great dead, reunion. My atom scattered. And yes. yes. You know, I, I mean, I got better. <laughs> the, so the rule, I think, is what we'll refer to as the wharf rule, right? Yeah. Because today is a, good, a good day, day to, to die, die. right? <laughs> like, yeah, I, I think that's perfectly fine, right? If you're playing a one shot and you're like, you know what? You know, when I say, you know, don't ride it like, you know, like you're driving mom's car, but like also feel free. Like if the only thing you're going to kill in the game is yourself, Ooh. yes, feel free to go out in a glorious blaze of glory helping the players like, glorious blaze of glory glorious As opposed blaze to of a glory. mundane blaze of glory yes <laughs> like a big yeah. lighter of 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 blaze of glory but yes yeah. um but yeah that's um that's actually a really good point is like yeah. don't um embrace that yeah. for sure right like yeah. that's okay and like i said you get you get the satisfaction of of having that dramatic moment for your character in addition to whatever else you manage to accomplish as as the guest star of the episode, mm-hmm. um, but then also you can, like I said, you can use that. That can be a huge motivating factor, a rallying cry for the other characters. Like you know, we got to do this for Timmy, who who you know who laid his life on the line for the rest of us. I don't know why I picked Timmy, but I picked Timmy. So Timmy is who it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that you know I think the the rest of the people at the table could really enjoy that um, as well. So yeah, don't uh, don't overlook that opportunity. <laughs> Good answer. Blake Ryan said you're yes. playing Hudson, not Ripley. Yep. <laughs> oh man, I was getting short too. Six weeks, man. <laughs> Actually, the better one would be uh, um, uh, Vasquez. Uh, Vasquez. Yes. Pick the grenade. You always were an asshole, but yeah, take him out with you. There you go. Uh, very well. I like it. All right. So let's jump back into the topic and hit the roundtable questions with number one. Hang on one second. Yep. Oh, no. Sorry. Somebody was talking about the, the perfect last stand, and I was like, yes. In, in Thor, 
in the um, Walt Simelson error, the yes. um, the yes. death of the executioner yes. uh, and the bridge to hell with his two M16s yes. as he's holding off everybody so they can escape back to back to Asgard. Yep. Yep. It's still one of my favorite um, one of my favorite deaths. OK, question one. Tell us about a game you ran or played in where you had a successful and fun guest star. So those of you who listen to me long enough know that I ran V&V all through college and even beforehand and ran campaigns for years. So after we stopped for several years in 2000, I started running again for a brand new group of players that were younger. But I set it in the same campaign world, so I had something to, to fall back on. And because it was 10 years after the previous group, these were new heroes picking up the pieces. And we ran an eight-week campaign over the summer. So they got to play a little bit. And I tried really hard not to talk too much about the older characters that had been in the game, but occasionally a reference came up, so they had some frame of reference. And then six weeks in, one of the old players came back to town for two weeks and joined up as a guest star to help them take down the big bad. Um, And he played really well. He hung back as a mentor for most of the story. But because he had system mastery of having played this game three times a week for five years, um, was able to kind of help some of the other players really shine and did the best job as a guest starring character. He was powerful enough to be able to stand there and take a hit, but because he had system mastery, when he saw players trying to do something, he was able to kind of, oh, if you're trying to do that, do you want some help? I can help you do that. And so he was able to set up scenes so that the strong guy could do something really cool and that the illusion person could trick somebody and that sort of thing. Um, and acted less as the the heavy that he was and more as the mentor for the party. They really liked him a lot. And after, and after that, when we did some other games, when he was back in town, he got to come back in and play in Warhammer and other games like that. It just worked really well because um, it was a character that a player that was coming back to kind of bring things back together. It worked well. Mm-hmm. Bob? Yeah, I, uh, I racked my brain and the closest I could come is Phil's answer. So I'll let Phil... Uh... Uh, yeah, well, Bob and I were playing in this yep. game. Um, so in the um, in the late '90s, uh, we were playing Conspiracy X, and um, it's really funny because it's it, it was. I'll try not to take it too long to explain this. It started when um, I got the game, and one of our um, other members of the game group, um, CJ, got the game, and I was like, "Oh, this can this can this Connex game looks amazing! Like, I totally want to like." Um, like, I, you know, I totally want to play this play or run this game. And he was like, yeah, it looks pretty good. I think it would be good for like a couple of one shots or something. And I'm like, a couple of one shots. I'm like, no, this thing's got campaign written all over oh, it. Yeah. So he's like, oh, well, if you want to run it, you should run it. So I did. And originally it was only, um, I think it, it was, was you Jim. and Jim, right? Yep, that was it. Yeah. So it was just Bob and Jim. They were like, oh, yeah, we'll play in this game. And so we got going. And like everyone else in our game group is like, what's this game you're playing? <laughs> We're like, Connex. And they're like, well, can I get in on a game of it? And so like one after another, like everybody made a character, including people from out of town. Like, remember, we had DJ came in and played an yep. agent for a while. Um, when Wally and Craig came up, we had them play members of another cell that you guys rescued. Like we did like, like we like I had so many people. Lots in the like two years I ran this game that came through this game, um, two of which stayed on as players because my ex-wife came on as a guest star and stayed on as a player. Yep. And so did Mike. Yep. Or I think he just, no, Mike played. Yeah, no, he did. He guest starred. He played one of the NPCs and then liked the game so much he made a character. Yep. Cool. So like we had, it was just like a revolving door of players. And I was like, whatever, everybody come on in. 
Yeah. <laughs> like just it's fine. Let's get uh uh what you call it. Let let let's get it going. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, that was that was definitely fun. Cool. All right. Question two. Have you ever had a bad guest star experience? Either as a player was not good or the story didn't work. Uh <laughs> Bob and I also share this one. Yeah, right? I'll take this one. So we were playing an Eberron game, um, and uh, Mike was running that one. And mm-hmm. there was a guy that I worked with that um, I forget how it even came about, but uh, I don't remember if we were looking for adding some new blood or if, if he approached me first after hearing me talk. But we're like, yeah, let's let's bring him in and, and you know give him a tryout. And he just didn't fit, just didn't work. And we kept like trying to let it go another session and it just we were just being way too nice about the whole thing like we didn't, we didn't have the heart I, to be like no <laughs> yeah we didn't um i mean while we were in our 30s in terms of understanding gaming like we do today yeah like we did not do a good job of conveying tone yeah. so like yes we were playing D, but he was like playing it like like I played D&D when I was 14 and was like playing it like he was 14 again. And we were like, we are playing a fairly serious, you know, like Eberron mystery political thriller game, like with all sorts of like, you know, mystery and intrigue and seriousness and, you know, uh, that kind of stuff. And, you know, he made like this um, like ridiculous name for his character. It, like it was all very um, immersion breaking. Yeah. And, you know, we were, um yeah we were like too like we were really too nice about the whole thing like we really should have um like well we broke all the rules right so we tried him out by dumping him into our our good ongoing game yeah that like when i when we said before it was a mistake i did not say that hypothetically right like we dropped him into a full-on running game um which we should just not have done yeah um and, and it took us a little while to get him out of that game. Yep. And it took us a little while to like get the game cleaned up again yep. and totally back up and running. We, we saved the months. game, but it was messy. Yeah. What about you, Jerry? Well, I had a different player from college uh, come back to the area and we added him to our existing game group. Um, unfortunately, he hadn't matured uh, as a friend since college. And as a player he still kind of power gamed and was used to playing kind of weekly episodic adventures and always trying to be the star of the show and got to the point where he realized he had a bunch of newer players and kind of undermined them quite a bit, got very egotistical and got to the point where we threw him out of the game group and out of the friend group. And uh, um, it's, I've talked about this before. It's the one where the players None of them were having fun with him, but none of them would talk to him about it until they got me as a GM to kind of talk to him about it. And when it all came out, he, he kind of threw a hissy fit. So we tossed him out of the game group and he still kind of acted like a, like a 14 year old. So we just didn't invite him back to anything. And it pretty much ended that campaign though. Cause by the time we were done playing with him for six weeks, um, there enough damage had been done that we just scrapped the rest of the campaign and started something new. Yeah. I, again, right? It's so yep. like you run, like if you have a really good campaign going, mm-hmm. like it's so Don't important it. to just one shot this thing so that you can just be like, and I'm jettisoning all this and we're fine. Mm-hmm. Hit the eject button. Boot. Yep. All, all right. right. Question three. 
when it comes to you guest starring in a game, what are the things that you like to do to make a, a make it a good experience? Yeah, I think we're going to have some overlap on this one, so I'll <laughs> hit on a few. I'll hit on a few of them, and then we can uh, and then we can keep going, right? I'm going to ask the GM before the game if there's anything they want me to do during the session. Like, yes, I'm the guest star, but like, am oh, I'm the guy who's going to eventually turn the shield off. Cool. I'll keep that in mind, oh. right? Like if there's a way I can help the story go forward, cause I'm a guest star, let me know. Um, otherwise, if the GM's like, no, just jump in and play. It's no big deal. But if the GM's like, oh yeah, cool. I have this whole story thing about the shield and I need you to be the guy who's like, who knows how to, to like to, you know, turn off the shield, even if it kills you and be like, well, I could oh. definitely be this guy. Oh. Right. So that's the first thing I'd like to um, get to the game earlier on time. Don't be like your guest starring. Don't, don't be the person who's late. Right. Yep. The game's already going to go slow anyway. You showing up late oh, like only makes that worse. Mm-hmm. Um, learn existing character relationships. Right. If there's any social time, um, figure out like who's who in the group. Like, oh, you know, that's the rocket character. He's loud and obnoxious. Right. That's the quill mm-hmm. character. Right. He's kind of, you know, um, mm-hmm. ridiculous and funny. And, and then figure out like, where can I fit in? without being a distraction. I don't have to have a relationship with every character in the group, but it's good if I can have like a little thing going with one of them, right? That just kind of gets me into the, like into the dynamic. So try to figure out what those things are like, Oh, you two are a couple. Cool. I'm going to like you, like you be coupley things. Um, You know, I don't think there's a, you know, there's not a place for me in that unless you're playing like, you know, going to use the guardians reference, like unless you're playing Thor, right. Who shows up in the guard. And then it's like, you know, oh, then I have like, you know, then Gamora and everybody's like comparing me to Quill kind of thing, right? <laughs> like find that, um, find that fit yep. without being a disruption to the group. That's what I'm trying, like, that's what I try to do. Like, where can I fit in here so that I, I can play into the group dynamic? Mm-hmm. Good, Jer. All right. A lot of the same things. First of all, I'd say learn the genre and the in-game tropes. You may have played science fiction, but if you're not familiar with Star Trek, do a little research first because Star Trek doesn't play like Star Wars. And there are some tropes you're going to get into and have a good time with if you know them. Um, talk to other players. Find out a little about their characters and how you can fit in. And I'm going to stick a little caveat in here. On the flip side, if you're one of the other players in the group and you know somebody's coming, think about how you're going to help that player join in. So when they come to the table looking for a, for a tie-in with the rest of the party, be prepared to be a yes-and kind of person. Um, table source your origin. So that you fit in with the group as a whole. Don't just come in, yeah, yes, I'm in the superhero game and I'm Tony Stark's lawyer. Ha ha ha. No, come on in and, and talk to, you know, you know, hey, I'd like to come in. I'm thinking about doing this. And I think it worked really well. What do you guys think? They might have a suggestion of, you know, you know, I've talked before about my my cousin being a, a ace assassin and you're a sniper. What if you were my cousin? You know, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, learn the rules. Learn the rules. If you're unsure of something. Um, another player uh, isn't in the scene either. Maybe ask that player for help in finding the rules instead of disrupting the scene for everybody else in the middle of the game. Um, and I'm just going to go ahead. Go ahead. I just want to caveat when we say learn the rules, and if and if I'm incorrect, yeah. correct me. But no, learn them. Learn what you can before the game. Yeah. But then learn the rules during the game. Yes. Like when you see how the attack roll is made, like. Mm-hmm make sure that you start to like, you know, within a few turns, you understand how to make your attack roll. Yes. Yep. Yep. And don't be afraid to ask for help. Yep. And lastly, and again, for the people in the back, don't be a lone wolf. 
You're not joining the group to be Wolverine. You're not joining the group to be that character who wants to run off and do their own thing. Come to be part of the group. Come to be part of the party. Um, come to be part of the story. Yes, there's only one place where the Wolverine character as a guest star totally works, and that's Power Pack. <laughs> he has guest starred several times in Power Pack comics, and it totally works because, like, it's Wolverine and the Power Pack kids, and yeah. it's hilarious. And that's because Wolverine is is effectively a daddy. I mean, yes. he, he always adopts somebody in every group he's in, whether it's Shadowcat yeah. or Jubilee um, or Cyclops or somebody. He's always going to be a daddy to somebody. Uh, so, oh, all right. Cyclops is daddy, all right. All right, I'm going to help yes, wrap this Bob. thing up uh, by going yes to all of the stuff that these two just said. Um, agree with all of it. Um, not really anything more that I can add. Just you know, don't 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 be a dick, which is you know like the the, the rule number one anyway. That's the prime directive. <laughs> don't be. It's a true. Dick. It is the prime directive. Don't be a dick. All right. Cool. Cool. Mm-hmm. All right. That's a look at our guest stars. Yeah, we hope the next time you have a guest star in your game, this advice will be of some help. Yeah, let's check in one last time with the chat room before we move on to the conversation corner. And as I say that, um, I'm looking just to make sure that I haven't missed anything here. Oh, Blake Ryan. There was someone in Shadowrun that uh, turned the recon into uh, main attack. Wait, wait, turned recon into main attack, then tried to sell out to the bad guys because they had cool suits. It's like, yeah, it's, don't don't be that guy. Don't, <laughs> don't be that. You're not going to get asked to come back. No. <laughs> and if you don't want to come back, don't also don't, don't do that. Don't screw it up <laughs> yeah. for everybody else just yeah. because you don't yeah. want to. Like, mm-hmm. be there because you want to be there, and help the game be fun, and you know, and take it from there. Just don't 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 sabotage yeah. things for fun. That's not. That's, that's not fun. It's fun for that's, you, I mean, but it's not fun for everybody. That's sixteen year old stuff. Yeah. And if you're the GM and you catch a player doing that in your game, that's a good time for the G- for the bad guys to just say, you know what, I don't trust you either, and shoot them in the face. Yep. <clears throat> Support you your go. players. Right All in right. the face. In that's, the face. In the that face. is actually what Vincent Baker had in mind when he said be a fan of the players. Yes. <laughs> right there. Just shoot them right in the face. That's right. All right. So let's roll into the conversation corner. So I have been continuing to uh, rewatch Discovery. I'm uh, like a little over halfway through season two, maybe two thirds of the way through season two, enjoying the living hell out of it. I had forgotten just how much amazing <laughs> story they packed into this thing. Some great stuff. Um, totally enjoying the Dragon Prince as my short form lunch stuff. The lore. Um, the world building that they've done in this is really cool. I'm really enjoying the hell out of it. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I'm a little disappointed. It's only three three seasons of nine episodes each. It's kind of short. That's 27 episodes total. That's like... It's not a lot. But I'm going to enjoy it while it's here. Um, we get the Bad Batch season finale this week. Um, so good. Which... Um, it's season finale two, which is a good thing. It will be back for a second season. So now the question remains, did they cliffhanger it knowing that they weren't for sure renewed when they, when they put it together or, uh, or is it a, a clean ending uh, to set up for another season? So that'll be interesting. But the penultimate episode last week was, uh, was really good. Um, and of course this week we get the new seasons, a uh, new season of uh, lower decks and what if drops? Um, 
tomorrow. Tomorrow. Um, and what I found out today, Jerry, you'll be interested in this, is today, the 10th of August, um, new episodes of Stargirl started on the CW. Yes, Jerry's making the, oh, like, great face. Like, we need to watch that. That's uh, live-action superhero show on oh, TV so that's good. not on Disney+. Plus. Very so. well written. Very well <laughs> yes. written. Yes. Best four-color comic. I think it's probably the best four-color comic uh, 80s-era style comic show on TV. At the oh, very least, have, the yeah, best of I the like DC stuff. I like so. that you're excited about it. Well, because yeah. well, now that Marvel's out there, there is so much, you know, that, 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 that. WandaVision, Falcon and Winter Soldier, Loki, all really good, all totally different. You can't compare them to each other. Yeah. Correct. So yeah. Stargirl is like a comic book. Yeah. So go ahead. Good stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, um, I've i got a bed and living room furniture bought and paid for now, ready to be delivered. Um, so next week is, uh, is going to be a fun week. Monday next week, I do the final walkthrough on the condo. Wednesday, we close. Friday it gets cleaned. Saturday the furniture gets delivered, and then sometime after that I'm just gonna start sleeping there because the, the good bed will be there. So I'll be like, all right, good to go. <laughs> and then of course uh, more Valheim all the time because Valheim um, and uh, Jerry and I are just having a ball exploring and uh, and and tooling around. <laughs> excuse me, beating the crap out of goblins and uh, killing locks for meat and uh, good times. New mods. Good times. All right, Jerry, what's up? I guess I'll start with Valheim. It's been a lot of fun. Um, Bob keeps finding new mods for us to try, so every couple of weeks we go back to the existing game and try new things. The game keeps uh, expanding, and um, we're also running amok um, exploring new parts of the world. We have found ways to explore new islands and so on. So it becomes something where, uh, like lately, I'll run out, run to the far end of some place and just build a portal and then wait until Bob gets on so we can explore the rest of it because we do a lot of teamwork things. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, like you said, the Bad Batch has been excellent. Um, I'm consistently impressed by how they took a younger character and made them useful and interesting and still childish without being annoying. And... That's not easy to pull off in, a, in an action series like this. Yeah, um, Just a lot of fun, and I, and I like all the characters, and uh, I'll caveat, I'm pretty sure they knew what they were doing this show before they even made halfway through season one. I'm sure that before they even shot the end of season one, they knew they were being renewed. It's it's the Clone it's a Clone Wars spinoff. All those shows get renewed, you know, until they were out of storylines. So I don't think there was any question it was going to get, yeah. get renewed. It's really good. Yeah. Um, uh, ended up putting together some more of them. I build and let me wrap up uh, kind of, they're like Legos, but they're not Legos building sets. I'm building more and more Mecca, which has been nice. Um, and this week's Rick and Morty episode, holy cow, hmm. just um, while the story itself was decent, the amount of reveals and repercussions that this week's episode is going to have for the rest of the Rick and Morty universe are just amazing. The show Started out, and I, when I watched it, I thought it was going to be kind of a weird Rick adventure kind of pickle Rick kind of thing. And it turns out to be, like, vitally important for a lot of the Rick and Morty universe. And every week they seem to be one-upping themselves with stuff, either being weird or poignant. They're not just writing one more episode of Rick and Morty running around just doing shtick. <laughs> so this was a really good episode. Uh, yeah, it seems like I, they've got a purpose and a plan going on. Yeah, and this one is... Pretty serious. 
<laughs> All right. That's it for me. Phil? Yeah. Um, well, after uh, many months of waiting, my couch has arrived. Um, so that was exciting. Um, I have my, uh, my living room is now pretty much complete. There are like a little, I, I bought, um, well, the last couple of additions that I bought, which was a coat rack and a bench to sit on and put shoes in. Those are ordered and on their way. And then that's like pretty much it, um, for my living room, but the couch is fantastic. It's a big chaise, um, that actually pulls out into a, um, into a bed, but not in the shitty way that traditional beds pull out. Um, it just actually the piece under the short part comes out and up and then forms a big um, square or big rectangle. So I sit in the chaise part, but you can actually just pull out the other part and the person on the other side of the couch can actually also sit in their own chaise kind of thing. Uh, and you could even put one person in the middle, like it's big enough to actually, like it'll seat three. Um, but anyway, it's nice. Um, and I've been sitting reading for a little bit. I've been reading, um, slowly reading Gideon the Ninth. Um, excellent, excellent book. Um, digging it very much. Uh, we're taking a break from Forbidden Lands. We actually on Sunday had a um, uh, uh, group discussion about what to play next. I'm always fascinated when these group discussions come up because it's never the game you think it's going to be. <laughs> and by the time we finished talking and negotiating, we decided we wanted to play Knights Black Agents, to which I was like, okay, that's great. Like, I will happily run Knights Black Agents. Um, I have, we played it years ago and I really enjoyed it. And that campaign ended early. So I'm like, this is a group that like logged 40 sessions of of um forbidden land so i have high hopes yeah that we can take this game the distance um plus and we're go bringing fight in another body and we added another body oh, oh, oh. jerry's we, uh, gonna join yeah we added jerry um which i'm also excited about yeah um because that group is um one it totally works for the game we're playing like knights black agents totally supports playing um more like more characters oh, oh. and um and it's jerry so like you know win-win so uh that's good i i don't even know if i played minecraft last week i have a minecraft game running um but i wound up being like either weirdly busy or just like haven't been into it what's kind of nice about having my own place now is like i don't feel the need to sit all the time at my computer Mm -hmm. like sometimes i just go sit on my couch right like sometimes i uh just watch tv so i've been watching again i've been watching discovery um, which is chef's kiss good. I'm even more excited because while um, season two has been exciting, I, I have little hints from the internet what season three is about, and I'm going to lose my shit when we get to season three. Yes, you um, will. Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited. So season two is great, and actually uh, a character um, a character came back that I was very concerned was gone um, in the show, so I'm super happy. I don't want to ruin it for Jerry. I'm super happy, like... I was, um, it was a character I really liked and then gone. And I was like, what the, f-? and now back. And I'm like, okay, okay I'm sorry. Yeah. That's vague. If you watch discovery, you yeah. pretty much know who I'm talking about. Um, I will say though, that I still think my favorite character on discovery is Tilly. I think. Tilly. Tilly yes. is- oh my God. Tilly's amazing. Oh, there is- I, there is Jerry, a, you've just you barely scratched the surface of Tilly yet. <laughs> yeah. I can already see Tilly's gonna be an amazing character. I love I love Tilly so much. And and I saw that someone has a t-shirt that has Tilly on it and says that's the uh that's the power of math. Yep. That's 
So uh, uh, I've got I've got to add to Discovery. I like the fact that sometimes when they introduce a one-off character, that character stays around. There have been a couple times I'm watching episodes where a character shows up, and I'm like, ah, well, that character's gonna be dead, and the character gets shot. And we got that character's okay. Well, you know, that's kind of expected. It's kind of a Star Trek trope that you introduce an interesting character, they do their thing, they guest star on the show, yep. and then they get shot and they die off. And nope, next episode, oh, they're on the show and they're now crewman number 44 and they show up every couple episodes. I'm like, I'd like that continuity. To me, it says clever, creative writing as they go, not just we're going to throw this character away, which means they've got a plan. And I love that so well, much. And Discovery is different from other Star Treks in that much like ever, like much like all other streaming shows um it is a um it is one 15 hour movie um it is not a serialized like voyager where you know a character shows up and maybe they're going to come back maybe they probably won't come back kind of Ooh. thing like when a character shows up on discovery it is not an accident yeah. and there is a plan like yeah. that whole thing is written before it's finished being shot and yep. um, it's just, it, you know, it's um, I have no problem with this. Right. Like I've I've, yeah. I've heard some grognars on Twitter, gr- you know, grumbling about the way um, the way discovery works. But discovery is a product of um, being written in the late 20 teens and 2020. Like it's a streaming show with a big budget. So, yes, yeah. it doesn't yes. look like TOS because yeah. they can spend money on it. Yeah. And you know what? I'm OK with that. Now, like that being said, though. Strange New Worlds is going back to the serial f- or the um, sure, but the, that's fine. That's just a different storytelling type. format. Which yeah. which one is which one is Strange New Worlds going to be? Is that gonna that's be, that's uh, the one with Daddy Pike? Pike. Daddy Pike. Okay, <laughs> yeah. That's my my. I, I like I said. I've got two two complaints. One minor, one major for Discovery. The minor one, man, they love lens flares. Yes, they, they, they love lens Again, flares more than got, un, 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 unnecessary. Directed never, by Michael Bay. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, J. No, Abrams. Uh, J. Abrams. Yeah, Dave J. Abrams. Yes. More lens flares than that. And number two, I just I have a problem with the Klingons, but I got pa- I'm getting past it. I just it, understand. You know what? It Klingons. goes. The Klingons thing goes away after a little while. You just take it for what it is. Yep. Um, <laughs> it's um, I mean, but look, even TOS Klingons aren't Klingons. Like my favorite Klingons are um, what you call it? My favorite Klingons are. Um, TNG, TNG yeah, yeah. but then when you watch Enterprise, they screw all that up anyway. Because in Enterprise, the Klingons look like the TNG and Inter- like Klingons because there's a Klingon in the first episode. Like it's yeah. the, whatever, yeah. whatever the directors or Paramount people have against the Klingons, like they can't just make one. Like they never mess with Andorians or Vulcans. Yeah, but man, everybody's got to take a crack at like yeah, at like gen modding the Klingons. Klingons yeah. that they have to do yeah. and. Yeah, and yeah. I don't know. I don't know why, but the Klingon ships don't look like Klingon ships either. The Klingon ships in TNG, the Klingon I'm, ships in TNG looked like Klingon ships. But I'm don't. okay with that because Discovery doesn't look like any. Um, no, doesn't look like any pre-TOS ship. No, um, it doesn't. The first even, it doesn't time even you run like into a, a ship that looks anything like what you would expect is the season finale of season one of Discovery. Yes, uh, yes. Yeah. Actually, actually, my my my, my joke in it. If you look at it. The discovery literally looks like a Klingon D seven. Yes, with with a with with a bullseye in the front of it. Yeah, that, that's it, it's it's. Yeah. At first, I thought it was a Klingon ship. I'm like, oh God, no, it's not. But I'm, the show I'm, doesn't matter. The writing is amazing. The characters are amazing. Yep. It's an amazing freaking show. I'm I'm personally I'm glad they're spending 2020 money 
on yeah. special effects. Like the special effects on Discovery are fantastic. And yes, when they do when they do Strange New Worlds with oh mm-hmm. the man who plays Christopher Pike. Listen, I'm not a I'm yeah, not a person who I'm not a person who takes orders, but I'm just saying oh, <laughs> he's so dreamy. Like uh, did, did you see the post I put in uh, the Slack room today in, in, in the other Slack yeah. room? Uh, for those of you who are Star Trek fans, Playmobil is making a a TOS Enterprise playset that comes with all the original characters and a removable bridge. It's 39 inches long. The thing it's, it's, that's it's wild. I mean, and and it, and it sounds like this is the beginning of their Star Trek thing. So they may do the Defiant and the Voyager. And I will buy the Defiant. I will buy I the Defiant the second it comes out. I, I, I know that. Yes. Uh, I, I I will say this. I saw a picture on Twitter. They were like showing, I think, some um, not like not during filming, but like just after filming of um, Strange New Worlds, and um, Christopher Pike had his like um, shirt unzipped like halfway down and open with like a, just a t-shirt on underneath. And I was like, okay, like if this shows up on the show, we're going to have some issues. Yeah. It's going to be a good show. <laughs> you oh. definitely, you definitely have to see Mr. Wright then the, the, the assassin comedy with uh, Sam Rockwell. Cause Anson Mount plays one of the characters in that too. Oh, well, if Sam Rockwell's in it as well, like that, that's like, these are just win-wins for me. Like Sam, yeah, I, yeah, Sam Rockwell all kills right me. Things right there. It's, it's okay. Sam Rockwell, Anna Kendrick, Anson Mount and uh, oh uh, uh, the guy who played Abomination, Tim uh, Roth. Oh, Tim Roth, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. That's a fantastic list. Of, it's uh, an amazing. It's a. It's a good movie. I'd, I'd, I'd sit and watch it with you guys again. So, all right. All right. Well, we should probably do our uh, our closing here and then roll into the after show, and then we can talk more about uh, dreamy dudes on uh, Star Trek and uh, stuff like that. <laughs> so, Patreon shoutouts. We would like to very much thank Brian King, Brian Kurtz. Hey, Phil, take this one. Chris Steele. Kubano. Curtis Y. Takahashi. Eileen Barnes. Eric Mengi. J.T. Evans. Jared Rasher. And Jen P- Pixelscapes Gagney. And thank you to everyone for listening tonight. Yeah, if you're here and free on Tuesday evenings at 8 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. The Queen's Time, come join us live on Twitch, where you can chat with the other listeners in the ever-awesome chat room for life. And then ask us the occasional question. If you can't make the live show or like many of our group here tonight, miss the opening. You can check out our podcast each week, wherever you get your podcasts. And take a listen to some of the shows in the Mystery of Mark Network, such as They're a Super Geek, Mastering Dungeons, Bonestone Obsidian, The FM Gamers, Pandas Talking Games, The Gnome Cast, Shangu Hustle, The Lounge, Bonus Experience, and back episodes of She's a Super Geek. You can and should also check out our sibling podcasts, Tabletop Bellhop, mm-hmm. The Knights of the Night, and the always amazing Gaming and BS. After you have invited your guest player to come join you, and before you drop them into the game, leave us some feedback. You can reach us directly on the old-fashioned email systems, uh, mmp at misdirectedmark.com. Check us out on Twitter. The show, The Network, is at misdirectedmark. He's Robert M. Everson. He's GM Gerrymander. I am DNA Phil. If you like what we do here and on the other shows in the Misdirected Mark Network, you can support our Patreon campaigns. This show, Mastering Dungeons, and Pandas Talking Games are all at patreon.com slash MMP. Zhangu Hustle is at patreon.com slash Zhangu Hustle. And Bonus Experience is at patreon.com slash bonus experience. Patrons of this show, Mastering Dungeons, and Pandas Talking Games get access to the after show, pre-production show notes, musical parodies, the Bamboo Lounge, 
and other special releases. This has been a Mr. Kimmer production. The media arm of Encoded Designs. Mic drop. We out.